0: I'm going to tell you that the enemy does not want you here this week. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he wanted me here this week. I've been kind of dealing with some, some health stuff and been super, super out of it, um, and I felt distracted and I felt discouraged, and I'm going to tell you that I'm pretty sure several of you have too, based on some conversations, and I think it's because the enemy does not want you to hear this this week. This is a tough message this week, again, not as tough as last week, but it's one that's going to challenge you, and the enemy doesn't want you to hear it because we're going to go off scriptural truth and the enemy cannot stand truth. So I want to tell you, first off, you were supposed to be here this morning. You are not here by coincidence. You were supposed to be here this morning. This week, we are talking about a subject called crushed. Crushed is our title, and we're going to be in two passages of Scripture, John chapter 15, Psalms 119. And I want to talk about a statement I made last week, and I want to offer something clarifying to it uh, so that you can Hear this message uh, through a clear lens. Last week, I said God is never going to punish you for your sin, and that is a true statement. Okay, God does not punish you for your sin. There are inherent consequences to sin that happen just because we sin. There's something that automatically happens, an inherent consequence, an inherent punishment, but that's not from God, see, because we're punished. There, there is a punishment that's required for sin, but that punishment was put on Jesus, and God is just, and he's not going to punish two people for the same crime. But I'm going to make a statement today that probably you're going to want to throw things at me, but just don't, don't yet. God is not going to punish you for your sin, but he's going to crush you for your growth. That's not a fun statement to say out loud. It's not a fun statement to hear, but we're going to talk about it. God's not going to punish you for your sin, but he's going to crush you for your growth. I don't know, maybe it's just me. But I feel like recently I've been in a season of crushing. I'm, I'm sure that that's more people in this room too, that it's just seemed like everything has, has gone wrong. There's not like, what else could possibly go wrong? It just seems like every, every day I wake up and there's another thing. Every day I wake up and there's another, another horrible thing happened here. I'm feeling this way, this happened. I feel like I've been in a season of crushing. I feel like there's people in this room that have been in a season of crushing. And I think the first thought that we jump to, even I had this this week, the first thought is the enemy's just after me. He's just going to get me. And often that's true. The enemy does not want you to be good in life. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to be healthy. He doesn't want you to be whole. But I often think that sometimes God does some crushing in our lives, but it's for our good. He does crushing in our lives, but it's for our Growth, and that's a very unpopular opinion to say, but I'm going to show you scripturally why I think that. The enemy crushes because he wants to destroy you. God crushes because he wants to create new things in you, okay? There's destruction and there's creation. One is the enemy and one is the Lord. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. This is Jesus, and he's saying, there's going to be things in your life that I'm going to cut out, and there's going to be parts of you that I'm going to trim down. This is called pruning. I am not a gardener, okay? If you drive by the parsonage front yard, (laughs) you will see that. (laughs) I need help. Any volunteers? Okay. I'm not a gardener by any means, but what I know is that sometimes in order for a plant or a flower or a bush to bloom and to grow the way it's supposed to, you have to cut it back. You have to cut things on it. You have to trim it up. That doesn't seem to make sense. Like in my brain, not a gardener, I'm thinking if I want this thing to grow and be bigger and be more fruitful and be more beautiful, why would I cut it off? But sometimes things have to be cut so we can grow. The same thing is true in our lives. There's things that God has to do to us so that we can grow. In essence, in order that we thrive, sometimes we have to be crushed. Sometimes we have to be cut. Sometimes we have to be pruned for us to be able to thrive. And you have to endure this process. See, David writes in Psalms 119. I've read this verse my whole life, and I've never understood it, and it didn't make sense until you start putting it together with other things. Psalms 119, verse 71. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. It was it was good for me to be afflicted. I, I think about David, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's so dumb. That No, it's, no one sits and rejoices about being afflicted. Why would you? But he says, because then I learn. Then I grow. In the affliction is where I get that. Without the affliction, that doesn't happen. You see this? Without the affliction, he doesn't learn the decrees. He doesn't learn the standards. He doesn't learn about God's character. It had to be through the affliction. So we have to be crushed sometimes. We have to be pruned sometimes. But I want to encourage you. This is not not even in my notes. This just came to me. We got to remember the Bible says that God going to carry us through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say he's going to carry us to the valley and then leave. He doesn't bring us to the place of affliction and then leave. It's through the place of affliction. So even in the crushing, God is with you. Even in the hurt, God is with you. In the pruning, God is with you. Today, we're talking about when God crushes and how we use our brokenness. All throughout scriptures, there's examples of this statement that I'm about to make. When God is ready to exalt you, he's going to humble you. When God is ready to exalt you, he's going to humble you. And this is is not for a bad reason. He doesn't want to hurt you. The reason is so that you don't begin to glorify yourself, but you begin to glorify him. In the, in, in the exalting process, when you're made where you're supposed to be made, you don't exalt you. It's not, I'm, I'm so good, I'm so great, I just have the best voice, I just am the best dancer, I just can cook better than anybody else. No, we begin to point things to Jesus. Because we went through the hard part. We went through the suffering, we went through the crushing. Which means this, those that are most anointed actually are going to be most severely crushed. That is hard to hear, but it should be encouraging. I want you to think about this. If you feel like you've been in this season of crushing and this season of hurt, no. You're anointed. You're going to be exalted. God has big things that he wants to do through you. But before he does those things, sometimes you've got to be cut back. Sometimes you've got to be crushed. Sometimes you've got to be pruned. That can help us get through. The further the arrow is going to be shot, the further back it has to be pulled. The further that tension. Again, I'm not an archery person. I don't even know what you call those. Archmen? Archmen? Is that it? No? Arch, arch sin? I don't know. But I know that when you shoot a bow and arrow, the further that arrow is going to go, look at all this tension it has. That's us. When God is ready to launch you, and he's ready to send you, and he's ready to exalt you, there's going to be a process of crushing. Four points today. Number one, crushing makes you stronger. I'm a huge I Love Lucy fan, okay? And I'm, I mean... I guarantee you, you can't swear in the church. I promise you that I know more about I Love Lucy than you do. Um, Who who was that? Joe? (laughs) I know more about I Love Lucy. My dad is an I Love Lucy fanatic, okay? And so when we were younger, I have all these vivid memories of us, and we would go sit on their, living, on, on their bedroom floor, and we would just watch I Love Lucy. Oh, I can quote every I Love Lucy. I can tell you what happens in this episode. I can tell you what their real names are. I can tell you who they're married to in real life. I just know. I just love I Love Lucy. It's just hilarious. I know, we own every season. It's, I just love it. One of my favorite episodes, Lucy and Ethel are in Italy. Anybody remember this episode? They're in Italy, and it's time for them to make wine, okay? And they get in these hilarious I'm about to start laughing just thinking about it. They they get in these outfits, and they roll up their little pants, and they get in this wine press, and they're just stopping on these grapes. They start falling all over the place, and it's just hilarious. It's hilarious watching this. We're going to talk about wine today, okay, and not in a a way that you think we are. We're going to talk about the process of wine. (coughs) When wine is simply grapes, it's lacking power, okay? This is true regardless of what your beliefs are on alcohol, when wine is simply a grape, it doesn't have the same power that wine does. It doesn't have the same strength that wine does. It doesn't have the purpose that wine does when it's just a grape. Some of you already see where I'm going with this. When wine is just a grape, it doesn't have any power. But once the grapes are crushed, that's when the strength of the wine comes in. That's when the purpose of the grapes come in. They have to be crushed first. See, God is all over nature. I I think that there's this thing called the seven spheres of society, and every bit of society can be divided in these seven spheres. Well, here's the deal. God is over all of them, and he's involved in all of them. So you can learn things about his character from looking at nature. You can learn things about his character from looking at science and art. You can learn things about God through this. And so God, in the process of making grapes into wine, knew that grapes had to be crushed. What does that say about us? Sometimes when we need to grow, when we need to be strengthened, when we need to be made more powerful, we have to be crushed. We're going to be crushed. And in the crushing is where we find that strength. I found myself before, I'm sitting and I'm like, God, I just, I just make me more strong. God, just, just make me strong, make me more powerful, make me more anointed, make me all these things. And then bad things keep happening to me. And these rough situations keep happening to me. And I just, I, I, God, are you even hearing me? And he's like, yeah, I'm answering you. In the crushing, I'm answering you. By this, I'm answering you. And I'm looking for a different answer because I'm not God. And my answer is not the best one. His is. And he knows that if he crushes me, I'm going to be more anointed. And if he crushes me, I'm going to be more blessed. I'm going to be more fruit. That's just what he knows. Me, my answer, my response would be like, God, just make everything easy. Just make me floating like a little unicorn or whatever. Just make life so good and so beautiful. And he's like, no, because you glorify you. I'm going to make you stronger and make your purpose Better and bigger in the crushing. When you're crushed, that's when it's going to come. Crushing strengthens us. Crushing strengthens us. And that's why in the crushing, we can be like David and say, I, God, I thank you for the affliction. I thank you for the hurt. I thank you for this season because I know that I'm being made stronger. Number two, crushing teaches us. Again, a a nature picture. Eagles and eaglets. I learned that this week, that baby eagle is not called baby eagle. It's called eaglet, which sounds to me like a breakfast dish. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. When an eagle, when an eaglet is ready to start flying, what, what they do is they sit and watch mama. Mama leaves, mama goes and flies. And they're sitting there watching. They're watching, trying to learn, okay, you flap here, you do this here, that's it. And the mom comes back, and they just do life together. They just do life. The eaglet never practices. The eaglet does nothing. Then one day, mama eagle shoves it out of the nest. Just gone. That's a crushing experience for that eaglet, okay? Not in a, not in a ground-hitting sense, but in like an emotional sense. Can you imagine what this eaglet's thinking at this time? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what, I, why are you pushing me out of here? But as this eaglet's falling down to the ground... He starts to fly. As the eaglet is falling down, he begins to fly. The crushing part was mama eagle shoving him out of the nest. But then he began to fly because he learned. The crushing taught him how to fly. The crushing taught him things about him and about his mom's character. See, his mom wasn't out to get him. It, I mean, I'm assuming there's not like murderous eagles going around, like just hating their children. No. No. The mom was like, you need to learn to fly. Here, push him out of the nest. And in that crushing process of the bird falling, what it thinks is to his death is when he learns to fly. There's things that God wants to teach you about you and about him and about his character and about other people that the only way to learn it is to be crushed. The only way to learn it is to be pushed out of the nest, to be crushed. See, God wants to teach us these things. Before we didn't know how to how to be a parent. Before, I didn't know how to have a marriage. Before, I didn't know who God was. But in the crushing, I learned how to be a good parent. In the crushing, I learned how to be a good husband, a good wife. In the crushing, I learned how to be a good employee. I learned how to manage my finances. In the crushing, before the crushing, I didn't know. In the crushing, I learned after the crushing, I'm better than I was before. The crushing teaches (laughs) us. <laughs> and sometimes God takes you through these things, and he, he, he takes you through these rough situations and these, these crushings, and it's not even for you, but it's so that you can experience and walk with somebody else through their stuff. So be encouraged with that, too. Maybe God's not crushing you for you. He's crushing you so that you can be a witness and be a light somewhere else and that you can influence other people who are struggling. Choose joy in the crushing because there's going to be these lessons, these valuable lessons that we need in our lives. Number three, crushing multiplies. Crushing multiplies you. When you think about the math term of multiplication, that sentence makes absolutely no sense. That crushing multiplies you. I want to tell you a story that we talked about at VBS that is just, it's a cute little kid's story that has unbelievable principles if we look at it. And Mary, you did an amazing job sharing this. But here's what happens. Jesus is teaching He's teaching on this hill. There's 5,000 men. They counted only the men, which means probably there were seventeen to 20,000 people there. This little boy wants to hear Jesus really bad, so he packs a lunch. Y'all remember we did the VBS songs last week? One basket, two fish, and five loaves of barley bread. He brings all this stuff, and he goes, and he's just ready to eat lunch and listen to Jesus. Like, that's all he thought was happening. Suddenly, everyone starts getting hungry, like I don't understand. And none of them brought food. There's 20,000 people there. No one brought food. Are you kidding me? Who? And Jesus looks down at this little boy. And this little boy says, I've got one basket, two loaves, two fish, five loaves of barley bread. That's what he's got. And Jesus says, okay. And he gets the bread. And what does he do? He breaks it. He crushes the bread. And as he's crushing it, it multiplies. And those two fish and five loaves become enough to feed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But it wouldn't have happened had Jesus not crushed it. Had Jesus not broken it, it wouldn't have happened. See, the thing is, we sometimes come to God, and here's the deal, we're not enough. I'm not enough for the big things that God has for me. I'm not enough by myself. To fulfill these things. God, you called me to lead a, a, a godly marriage and a godly household. God, I am not. En- I don't know how to do that. I'm not enough. I can't do that. God says, all right, I'm going to break you. And then you're going to be enough, and actually you're going to be more than enough. God, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, how to run this business. I don't know how to do this. And God says, all right, I'm going to break you. And you're going to be more than enough. Because, see, that, that fish and bread didn't just fill those people that were there. They had leftovers. They had leftovers after they feed 20,000 people with these little fish and these bread. God multiplied it, but he multiplied it by breaking it. So when you feel like, man, I just don't have what it takes. I just can't do this. I'm not good enough to do this. Pray that God would break you. And when he breaks you and he begins to crush you, you become more than enough. God, lead me through this difficulty. Take me through this difficulty so that I can be who I am. I can be the husband I'm supposed to be. I can be the father I'm supposed to be. I can be the pastor I'm supposed to be. Take me through it. Not to it, but take me through it. Take me through the crushing. And he wants to. He wants to. He loves you. He doesn't want to hurt you. His plans are not to hurt you, but they're actually for your good and for your growth. Sometimes the crushing is a part of that. And the last one, crushing makes you rise. <coughs> Several weeks ago, we had, actually, I guess it's a while ago, a month ago, we had a housewarming party uh, for me. And I got a, uh, from Gina, I got these, these uh, I don't even know what they're called because I know nothing about cooking. But they hang, like, on the handle of the oven, <laughs> little napkins, towels. <laughs> towels, there they are. And these towels were monogrammed, and it was hilarious. It says, one of them says, uh, I only have a kitchen because it came with the house, and, and things like that. That is true for me, okay? I literally know nothing about cooking. I'm just now starting to learn. I made a salmon the other day, and it was, I mean, super, super good. But I just smothered it in barbecue sauce, tasted just like chicken, okay? So <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't know these things. <coughs> I don't know a whole lot about it. But I know this, when bread and biscuits and these kind of things are made, there's a process, and it's called kneading, kneading dough. In essence, what you're doing is you're smashing it. You are smashing it. You're you're destroying it. But then what happens after is it rises, There's places in your life that you may feel like, God, I'm I'm supposed to be there. This is me. I want to be there. I want to be doing this. I want to be able to give this much. I want to be able to do this with my family, do this with my friends. But I'm stuck here. And God is saying, maybe I'm going to take you through a crushing. And it's not to make you where you don't get there. It's actually to advance you getting there. I want to be there so bad. So I'm going to endure the crushing. I want to rise so bad. I want to be this person. I want to be this kind of father. So I'm going to endure the crushing. And when you endure the crushing, when God crushes you, when he smashes you like dough, you can get to the place that you're supposed to be, the place that you want to be. But it takes the crushing. God is pruning you. He's pruning things in your life. He's cutting things out of your life. He's cutting maybe things off of you, things that hurt. This is not a fun process. Crushing is not fun. But that's what he's doing. And it's not for you to hurt. It's actually for your good. It's so that you can come out on the other side a better person than you were before. You can come out on the other side and be who you want to be, be who you're supposed to be. But it takes the process of crushing. There's a pastor uh, in Dallas, and he says it this way, crushing is the process, but soaring is the promise. Crushing is the process, but soaring is the promise. That is not me. If you want to tweet that, don't. It's not me. I didn't say that. But I would love to be in a place where I feel like I'm soaring. I don't think there's anyone in the world who's like, yeah, I don't care about that. I'm, I'm fine just being here. We want to be in a place where we feel like we're soaring, where everything is going well, where finances are going good, where relationships are going good, but in order for us to hit that that promise of soaring, we have to endure the process of crushing. Just like the eaglet who's sitting on the outside of the nest and he's wondering, mom, why why did you just shove me? And then he starts to fly and he realizes, oh, it's so I can soar. I was crushed. I was crushed, but it was for me. It was so that I could learn. So I want to tell you, in these times, just like Job, you know, Job is the perfect example of of being crushed. Job lost everything. And at the end of the day, he fell on his knees and he worshipped. He worshipped God and he said, God, thank you. You give and you take away. Thank you. And then Job, after that, knew God more than he did before the crushing. So we can choose joy in our hard times because we know there's a reason for the crushing. There's a reason for the hurt. There's a reason for the pain last thing I want to say is <clears throat> crushing is not an address, okay? Crushing is a season. Crushing is a camper that drives by. It's not where you build up, build up, set up, shop. I don't even know what they're saying, whatever it is. It's not where you camp. It's what goes by. There's going to be people that you know that get stuck in the mindset of crushing. And so then no matter what happens, they still feel like they're being crushed. If you have those people in your life, you probably need to talk to them. But number two, you might need to get them out, okay? Because crushing is not supposed to be a destination. It's a flyby, okay? We go through crushing. Don't make an address of crushing. And we do that by changing our perspective on crushing. God, I know that you're doing this to me, but I thank you for what's going to come of it. God, I know that this is hard right now, but I thank you for what's going to come of it. God, I thank you for the crushing because I know something good is going to come. Make sure and choose joy in the process. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. God, I thank you for the the hard things. I thank you for the tough situations, the tough seasons. Lord, we thank you that in that crushing, we're growing. So, Father, I just pray that we would be open and willing to submit to you when it comes to pruning, that we'd be open and willing to be ready to be pruned. We want to look more like you. We want to be more like you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.